Dear viewers, you are about to witness a class conducted by Venerable Yuktadhamma from Canada who has been in meditation for over 11 years. He was ordained in Thailand about seven years ago and has been teaching meditation in, in USA and Thailand for the last seven years. Today, he will be conducting a class for the benefit of those of you who have never tried meditation. So, you can start without any hesitation, not knowing anything about meditation. You can start today by following this class. And this class will be conducted weekly and will be broadcast on the Buddhist channel uh, on a weekly basis. The students that you see here are from the Sambodhi Vihara, the Dhamma school, and they will be helping you to observe what meditation should be and how it has to be conducted. For your knowledge, Swami Nwamse will give you all the information required for the basic training. Please follow it well. I now invite Venerable Yuktadhamma to start his meditation class. You're welcome everyone. Thank you for coming and uh, thank you all for your interest and uh, to everyone at home for your interest in the practice of meditation. I'm here to teach you the basics of meditation. First, when we start to practice meditation, we understand we're practicing the very core teachings of the Buddha. The Buddha had five goals in mind when he taught uh, his, his Dhamma to the world. And these goals, you can see that, that they are the basis of the, the benefits that we try to gain from the meditation practice. The first benefit, that goal that the Buddha had in mind was that his teachings should purify the minds of beings, that through his teachings our mind should become pure. Our mind has many things in it which we, we can know for ourselves are impure. Uh, we have anger, we have greed, we have delusion, we have conceit and so on. These things, we have many things in our minds which cause us suffering, which uh, cause us to actually hurt ourselves and can cause us to hurt other people. These are the things which we call impurities in the mind. Uh, when we practice meditation, when we practice the Buddha's teaching, we're going to purify our mind. Our mind will become more uh, calm, more quiet, and more uh, balanced, so that when bad things come, we're not upset by them, we don't get angry, we don't get depressed, we don't get sad. And when good things come, we also don't get attached to them so that we are not greedy, we don't become addicted, and therefore we don't suffer when, when we lose the things that we, that we love, that we want. So this is the first benefit, that, and this is really the, the, the basis of the Buddha's teaching. It's called the path of purification. The, the meditation practice purifies the mind in the same way that the, when you clean your room or when you clean your house, you, know, you practice again and again, you, you work again and again to, to clean the house, and when you're finished, uh, what you have is a clean place to live. 
a place which is um, which is appealing, which is a nice place to be. And the same goes with the mind. Once you purify the mind, once you train your mind, uh, your, your mind becomes a place to live. So that you don't need to wander, you don't need to leave, you don't need to uh, think about things or fantasize or wish you were somewhere else, wish you were someone else, wish you... Uh, all these fantasies that we have, you can do away with because your life is a pure life, is a peaceful life, is a happy life. This is the first one, the first goal that the Buddha had in mind. The second goal that the Buddha had in mind was uh, that meditation should help us to overcome mental sickness. So this has to do with purifying the mind, but the point is, once you purify the mind, all of the things that we call mental sicknesses, we have depression, anxiety, uh, some people have uh, sadness or, or um, mourning, um, we have stress and, and insomnia and so many different mental sicknesses that nowadays you'll see in the very rich and developed countries people are taking medicine for. They, they are taking pills. So you have people who are rich, who have everything, it seems. Maybe many of us, we don't have all of these things, we're not rich. We look at them and we think they must be very happy. But if you ask them, if you talk with them, if you learn about their lives, many of them are taking drugs for their, for their mental sickness. So we can see that getting what you want and, and having, uh, even having everything outside is not enough if your mind is not healthy. Even bodily well-being, you have all the food you need to eat, you have all the medicines to take, the place you live has, has uh, you know, the weather is good and so on, and everything is convenient. If your mind is not pure, if your mind is not trained, if you don't practice meditation, it's very easy to become sick in the mind. So, meditation, when your mind is pure, when you're aware of reality, when you understand things as they are, these sicknesses in the mind disappear. Your mind is no longer, you have, no longer have stress, you're not worried about things, you don't have the depression when things disappear, when you don't get what you want. Even things like insomnia. There are people in this world who they can't sleep at night because they're so worried, so, so stressed out about the, the things that they have to do. I teach people uh, from around the world and many people come to me taking drugs, taking uh, medication for their mind, thinking that somehow with something physical you can affect the mind. And it doesn't work. All you can do is suppress and, and cover up the problem. Once you practice meditation, all of these problems disappear. This is the second goal that the Buddha had in mind. The third goal that the Buddha had in mind through his practice is that we should overcome suffering. You hear that in Buddhism, the first noble truth is the truth of suffering. This is like the sickness. The Buddha was like a doctor. And so the first truth that the Buddha taught is that there is a problem. Just like when you go to see the doctor, he can tell you exactly what is the problem. There is, there, you, 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 you go to see a doctor because you have suffering. So the Buddha said, this is the problem. And then the Buddha said, the second truth is there is the cause for the problem. And his practice was the path which leads to the, to the end of the problem, to the end of suffering. So how does this work? When you practice meditation, now all of you, I've, I've explained to you meditation and we'll go over it again. But when you practice meditation, even when you have physical pain, pain in your legs, pain in your back, 
pain in your head, even when you have this pain, which seems like there's no way to get away from it. People who have arthritis or who have bodily sickness can be in a great amount of pain and you think there's no way to escape it. Even sometimes the only way you can get rid of it is to take very strong medication. We start with aspirin or you know, all of these painkillers. And then you can even take drugs like morphine or so on that, that are very strong and, and actually uh, affect your clarity of mind, thinking that somehow that is going to get rid of it. Actually what it does is it makes you more and more upset about the pain so that when pain comes, it's actually worse for you. When we practice meditation, we're going to look at the pain and see that it's actually okay to feel pain, that actually the pain is not a problem at all, that actually when you feel pain, it's only a feeling in the body. So when you're sitting here right now, you can, you can see this for yourself. You find that you're sitting after a while, maybe you feel pain in the back, maybe pain in the legs, and you have to shift. When you practice meditation, you look at it and you train yourself to see it's just pain. So you overcome the suffering. The Buddha said there are two kinds of, of suffering. There's the physical suffering and then there's the mental suffering. The physical pain, you, you can't get rid of it. As long as you have a body, you'll have pain. You have to understand this. No matter what medication you take, no matter what uh, you try to do to run away from it, no matter how many times you move, to try to escape the pain. You can't run away from it. But the other type of, of suffering is the mental suffering. When you get angry, when you get upset at the pain, when you say this is bad, when you can't accept the pain for what it is, this is mental suffering. The Buddha said this is like you have a, a thorn in your, in your body and you take another thorn and you stick it in to try to get the first one out. If you do that, do you have less pain? No. You have more pain, twice as much pain. So by trying to, trying to get rid of the first one, you make more pain. This is what Buddha said, this is what we do. We have pain in the body, and then we get angry and upset about it, and we try to run away from it, we try to chase it away, we, try to, uh, we don't accept it, and we make twice as much suffering. So this is how the Buddha said we, get, we become free from suffering. The first way, we can be free from all mental suffering. When we practice and continue on, actually we can change the body and much of our physical health can change as well. When we do walking meditation, <coughs> our body will, will, will become more, um, more at peace with itself because the mind lets go and the tension in the body will ease up. Many of the sicknesses will disappear. Many of the, the sufferings and the pains in the body will disappear. And eventually when we practice meditation, we will become free from all suffering. But the point here is to understand how, how pain works, how suffering works, that the pain in the body is one thing and the pain in the mind is the other. So the Buddha's uh, third goal was for us to realize that we can be free, we can overcome all of the suffering that we have in our lives. The fourth goal that the Buddha had in mind was that we should find the right path. Now I know I asked many of you if who you want to be, what you want to be when you grow up, you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or so on. So everyone in the world has different paths. You know, your path here is one path, and people in America, maybe they have another path, and every person has their own path. But what the Buddha meant by the right path is that you should follow a path which is based on morality, which is based on concentration, and which is based on wisdom. And I think no matter what path you choose, 
as long as it's a path which is for your, your development, you can incorporate these three virtues, these three qualities, which are the essence of the Buddha's path. Morality means that your mind is, you're, you're careful. You don't just act without thinking, speak without thinking, right? So that you don't act in ways that will hurt other beings or hurt yourself. And you don't speak in ways that will hurt yourself or will hurt other beings. You are, you are careful in everything you do. This is something that's very important. And you can notice, you look at the little children, no, running around, they don't have any, any, uh, any morality. They're not careful. So they bump into things, maybe they hit each other, maybe they steal each other's toys or so on. But as you grow up, you become more careful. So the Buddha taught that we should learn to be more careful. Meditation is perfect for, for helping you to be very careful in your life so that everything you do and everything you say is for your benefit and for the benefit of others. Because if you say the wrong thing, you can make enemies right away. No? You hurt someone, you can, you can make them cry, yeah. and you can, you can have enemies, and it's very difficult to be successful, even in the world. So no matter what your path is, the path of the Buddha, he said, we should have morality. The second thing he said we should have is concentration. This is what is the key of meditation. Once we practice meditation, our minds will become focused. We will, we will, everything we do, we will know what we're doing. You know, when we do walking meditation, we're training so that we are focused. So that when we do work, when we study, our minds will be focused. And the third one is wisdom, so that we will understand. This is the top of the Buddha's teaching. Once you practice meditation, you will come to understand things as they are. And then everything you do in your life, as I said, if you're working in the world, if you want to become a doctor or a lawyer, you will understand the right way to do everything because your mind is clear. The mind is, is a tool. And I'm not trying to turn it into anything. I'm not going to make you lawyers or doctors. But once your tool, once the mind is very strong, very well trained, you can use it for anything. This is the fourth goal. The fifth goal that the Buddha had in mind was that we should reach complete freedom from suffering. So not just that we should become successful in this life, but that we should become free from all of samsara, that we should not have to come back again and again and again and again. And this one is really the, the ultimate goal of Buddhism, that in the end we can live our lives anywhere in any way and we're always free from suffering. We have no liking, no disliking, we are always happy and content. And this is called Nibbana or Nirvana. So this I wanted to explain because this, this is how we can understand what is it that the Buddha had in mind and how this relates to meditation practice. The Buddha's teaching, the core of the Buddha's teaching, as I said, is meditation practice. And how we know this is because these five goals, the Buddha said there is only one way. Uh, he said it's the Ekayanamaga, the one way or the straight path, the, the direct path to realize these five things. And this is the four foundations of mindfulness. We call the four satipatthana. And these I told you, remember I talked about the four trees? No. The mind is like a monkey. This is a talk I can give to children. All of you are older so you can understand. Uh, I'll explain the four satipatthana. But when we're talking to children we explain the mind is like a monkey. No. And the monkey is jumping around all the time. Not just children, all of our minds, no? You're sitting here first, you're listening to me, but then maybe your mind is going back to your schoolwork, back to you're going to become a doctor, <laughs> back to your family, wherever. Your mind is running around, is, is like a monkey. 
because it's not trained. Even the ordinary mind, a good person, their mind is, is like a child's mind because it's never been formally trained. So, the Buddha said that this monkey will go to four trees. And these four trees are the four satipatthana. Satipatthana just means the foundations or the um, place where we can establish mindfulness, where we can set up our meditation practice on four things. So these are the four parts of reality. And this is what we have to remember. So these four parts of reality, this is going to be the basis of our meditation practice. Okay? Now, I'm going to go through these. I've gone through them with you before, but I'm going to go through these four um, with you in terms of the meditation practice. So the, the four of them are our body, which is the body, and I'll show you how we practice that. Then there are the feelings. This is the sensations in the body when you feel pain or when you feel happy or when you feel calm. The mind. This is the thoughts that we have. And then the Dhamma. The Dhamma is the teaching of the Buddha that we are going to realize. Dhamma means reality. So when we practice meditation, we're going to come to understand and, and learn more about reality. So the, 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 the three Satipatthana, when we practice the first three, we're going to understand reality and we're going to come to see what is the nature of this reality and then we're going to use that as our practice of meditation. But I will explain how these go. The body, we are going to start with the body. This is because the Buddha said the body is the clearest, the, the easiest to focus on. So when you're sitting still, if you close your eyes, at the time when you're sitting still, your body isn't moving. You'll see that o the only thing that is moving is the stomach. When the breath comes into the body, you breathe naturally through the nose, your stomach will rise. Maybe just a little bit, but it will rise. If you can't feel it because it's, it's unfamiliar, you can put your hand on your stomach. And if you put your hand there, you'll find that you can see that the stomach is rising. You can, you can feel it with your hand. When the breath goes out of the body, the stomach will fall again. Rising and falling. So this is what we're going to focus on first, and this is how we focus on the body. The feelings, once we experience any kind of pain, we're going to focus on the pain. When we have thoughts, we're going to focus on the thoughts. And when any other reality comes up, starting with the, the, the first set is the hindrances. When I said last time you have angry or upset or bored or you want something or you like something, if you feel tired or you feel distracted, um, whatever arises in the mind, we're going to then focus on, on those realities as they arise. Okay? The method that we're going to use, and I showed you this before, but I just want to explain in more detail. The method that we're going to use is an ancient method of meditation, and the word that we have for it is a mantra. Now, maybe some of you have heard of this, you know what a mantra is? A mantra is something that they used in, in ancient times, and even today they use it in many different religions. They use it to, uh, to, they use it to practice meditation. A mantra is a word, or it can be a phrase, that focuses the mind. Many of the mantras they use are the name for God. So in other religions they have a God that they believe, and they want to focus on the God and, and, and understand and become one with God. 
So they will say the name of God again and again and again. And this is their mantra. It focuses their mind on their God. Now in Buddhism, we, we look to ourselves to find freedom. So we don't look to God for, for this. So we are going to focus on ourselves. And as I said, we're going to train our minds and come to understand about reality. Once we can see it reality, we will become free from suffering ourselves. So our mantra, mantra is going to be focused on ourselves. And this, I gave you the first mantra. When your stomach rises, you simply say to yourself, rising. And when the stomach falls, you say to yourself, falling. Rising, falling. It's a very simple mantra. It's not, not anything spiritual or um, it has nothing to, do, nothing to do with something outside of you. It's going to help you to focus on yourselves so you can understand more about yourself. And, you're, and you'll be able to train your mind in this way. So, now I ask everyone you can sit in meditation and I will, I will sh lead you through how we can focus on all four of these and we can have mantras for all four of them. Okay, so please put one hand on top of the other, just sitting on your laps. And you can sit cross-legged or you can sit uh, on your knees, either way. When we practice meditation, try to keep the back straight. If it's not comfortable to have it perfectly straight, just comfortably straight. But try not to lean or slouch over too much. And your eyes are closed. We're going to be focusing on the stomach, so we don't want to have our eyes open to distract us from the object of our attention. Again, if you can't feel the stomach moving, you can put your hand on your stomach. When you can feel it, um, you say to yourself, rising, at the moment, at the same time that it's rising. When the stomach falls, you say to yourself, falling. Rising, fall. For those of you at home who, for whatever reason, aren't able to sit up, if, you're, if you have some kind of sickness, you can do this meditation lying as well. You can do it sitting in a chair with your back against the wall, however is comfortable. It's not important. Important is that you can focus and understand, uh, examine reality, examine the stomach rising and falling, just to train the mind to see things as they are. We're not saying the mantra out loud, and we're not saying it, up, thinking it in the head. Our mind should be in the stomach, and so we're actually saying the words, as it were, in the stomach. Rising, fall.
So this is our first object of meditation. As I said, it's the first foundation, is the body. Once you focus on the body and you say rising, falling again and again, you'll see that there are many other things uh, that take your attention away from the stomach. And these as well we have to, this is where the other foundations, the other three satipatthana come in. So if there's nothing else, we can simply say rising, falling, rising, falling, the whole time we're meditating. But it's m very likely that there will be other things that we should focus on. So when something else arises, we shouldn't see it as a distraction or be, be upset that it arose, thinking that it's taking us away from our meditation. We meditate on that new object. So if we feel pain or we feel happy or we feel calm, these are feelings, and this is the second satipatthana. When they come, instead of focusing on the stomach, we focus on the new object. We forget about it. We let go of the, the rising and the falling move, movement of the abdomen. Instead, we focus on the pain or the happiness or the calm, wherever it may be. If we feel pain, we say to ourselves, pain, 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 until it goes away. If we feel happy, same thing, say to ourselves, happy, happy, happy. If we feel calm, we say to ourselves, calm, calm, calm. And we can stay with the feeling until it goes away. Once it's gone, we come back again to the rising and the falling. The third satipatthana, we have the first two are the body and the feelings. The third one is the mind, the thoughts that arise. We have our mind, will mind the mind will watch the mind. So we're focusing on the rising and falling. And then suddenly we start to think about something. We're, in meditation, we're not trying to stop ourselves from thinking. We're not trying to stop anything. But if we run away with the thought, if we let it take over, it's very easy to tie ourselves in knots and become worried and stressed and upset and depressed because of the thoughts. If we focus on the thought and we see it that it's just a thought, we can see that it's really nothing. A very big problem in our minds We can see that it's only, only a bunch of thinking. 
And to do this same as, as before, we say to ourselves, thinking, thinking, thinking. Whatever the thought is, a good thought, a bad thought, thoughts about the past, thoughts about the future. In the end, it's all just thinking. So we say to ourselves, thinking, thinking, thinking. And then come back again to the rising and the falling of the abdomen. The fourth satipatthana, now we have three is body, feelings, and the mind. We know how to practice these three, but the fourth one has to do with those things, the realities that will come up, that we will come to see through the meditation practice. The first realities that we will see are the hindrances. These are the bad things in the mind. These are the things which are stopping us from seeing clearly. This is why meditation is not comfortable. When you first start meditating, just like when you start anything, it can be very difficult. Why is it difficult? Because our mind is, is uh, our mind has many things in it which are, are causing problems for us, causing difficulty for us. Our mind is full of hindrances, full of obstacles. So if we can get rid of these things, our meditation will be wonderful, will be peaceful, and our whole lives will be peaceful. So these are the first thing that we have to overcome in the meditation practice, so that we can begin to see clearly. These five, I have five words for you, and I'll have you try to remember them. These are liking, disliking, drowsiness, distraction, and doubt. Now we have very big words in the Pali language and in English we have very high words to use, but they don't work well for mantras. So we use these easy ones. Liking, disliking, drowsiness, distraction, and doubt. So in the meditation practice, when you're focusing on the stomach, rising, falling, and suddenly you want something or you like something, you should focus on, on the liking and wanting because this is something that will uh, 
will distract, disturb your mind and it creates stress and, and attachment in the mind. So the mind is no longer at peace and no longer content with reality. It's no long, longer content with the way things are. It wants for things to be uh, some other way. This is the craving, the wanting or, or, or liking. Even if you like something that has arisen, it creates addiction, clinging to it, so that when it disappears you'll be unhappy. So this is a hindrance. When we can be free from this, then we can always be happy, no matter what comes or goes. So when we like, or dis when we like something or want something, we say to ourselves, we're, we're not judging, judging it as bad. We're just trying to see it for what it is, and then we can see that it's causing st stress for us. We say to ourselves, liking, liking, or wanting, wanting, until it goes away. Not, not trying to make it go away, just watching it, not following it, not clinging to it, not encouraging it. If we don't like something, in the beginning the meditation can be very unpleasant. We're bored or frustrated or sad or depressed, or even afraid. And in the same way, we can see that this is a hindrance for us. We look at it, we say to ourselves, angry, angry, or disliking, disliking, frustrated, frustrated, bored, bored, sad, sad, depressed, depressed, afraid, afraid, however it arises, whichever one. And we can see that this is something unpleasant, this is something unwholesome, something useless, something that we would be much better without. And then our minds will, will let go of it. When we feel tired, uh, drowsy, we can say to ourselves, drowsy, drowsy, or tired, tired. Focusing on the tiredness. And you can find that when you do this, you actually regain your energy. You see that, that drowsiness is actually not that, you're, not that you uh, are missing the energy, but that you have given up on the energy, that your mind is unbalanced. So you bring your mind back in balance with, with energy. Say to yourself, tired, tired, and your mind will become clear and bright and fresh again. When you feel distracted or worried, your mind is not focused. This is the monkey. Your mind is jumping from tree to tree. First the past, then the future, thinking many things. And say to yourself, distracted, distracted, distracted. Or worried, worried, stressed, stressed. And finally, if any doubts arise in the mind, you can say to yourself, doubting, Doubting, doubting. Because you can see that through the meditation practice there's nothing to doubt. Maybe you, you doubt whether meditation is useful or whether this is the right meditation to practice. Well, when that comes up, then you can focus on the doubt and see that it's nothing special. It's just a state that has arisen in the mind. When you feel doubt, you say to yourself, doubting, doubting. 
doubting, and it goes away just like everything else. So then there's no need to doubt, there's no reason to doubt. And when these things are gone, you come back again to the rising and falling. So now we'll just try that together for a few minutes. I won't speak anymore. I'll just have you remember all four, body, feelings, mind, and dhamma. As I've explained it, we practice together for a few minutes, and then we're finished.
Okay, before we finish, before you open your eyes, uh, we, we extend the merit, the goodness that we have gained through the meditation practice by sending loving-kindness to all beings. First to all of the people in this room, to all of us, may each of us be happy and free from suffering. To all the people watching this program, may they be free from pain and may they be happy, may they be free from pain and suffering. To all the people in this Sri Sambodhi Viharaya, may they all be happy and free from suffering. May all beings here, all angels, all spirits who guard this place, may they be happy and well and free from pain and suffering. To all beings in this city, in this country, in this world, to all beings in the universe, may they all be free from pain and suffering. We do this for a minute, uh, maybe 30 seconds, and then we stop. Once we finish, you can open your eyes. Thank you all for coming. Please remember that the practice of the Buddhist teaching uh, is the most important. That when you study, when you learn, when you read, when you listen to the Buddhist teaching, this is like reading the menu at the restaurant. If you spend all your time reading the menu and you don't ever order food, and you don't ever eat the food, you'll never have the true taste of the food. And the Buddhist teaching is the same. If you don't practice it, for yourself, it will be of no benefit to you, no matter how much you study, no matter how much you learn. So please, the meditation that I taught here today is a very simple, basic meditation practice. Please take this back to you, uh, with you to your home, and you can practice it five minutes, ten minutes, every day, even one or two minutes if you don't have the time. Always remember, sitting on the bus, sitting in the car, sitting at home, if you have time for all of the other things in the day, then at least you can find five minutes to practice meditation. Thank you all for coming, and I wish you all the best that you may find peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. And to all the people at home watching, the same goes to you. May you all be happy and well and free from pain and suffering. Thank you, and uh, have a good day. Terawan Saranai.